0: Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is episode six of The Output, and uh, today we have a special treat. Uh, my, my really good friend, Luke Sywick, um is, is here, and uh, he's just going to chop it up with us for a little bit. Um, before I, I you know, I have him speak or, or say a spill, Um I'd really love to to kind of tell a story and, and, and lay the groundwork or, or give you guys some context as to why. Um, I asked him to be on this show. Um, me, and, me and Luke played football at, at Azusa Pacific, which is where we met. Um, and and oh, let, me, let me back it up. So the, the whole reason why I have people on this show, just in general, um, is to, to give everybody, the listener, um, just, you know, context from, from a different point of view. Uh, me and Luke come from a, a different way of life. Uh, just as far as, you know, where we grew up, the things that influenced us, and everybody does. Um, so I really want to have people who are who are good, genuine, um, you know, people that, that have something to offer. And I really believe that he does. So into the story. Um, w- one thing that, you know, stands out about Luke is uh, I remember it was my junior year. And uh, it's the summer of my junior year. We're, we're at camp. I'm staying in the dorms. And my, my living situation um, was really rocky. Um, I didn't know where I was going to stay. I didn't have anywhere to stay. Um, and I, I asked the coach the coaches to put out to the team, does anybody have any extra rooms that I could rent from them? Um, and, and Luke, being the good dude that he is, he was the only person that responded. Um, he, he offered me a price. Um, for the room which was really good the first price was really good but being a college student I I just didn't have the money to pay for it um I I let him know and he immediately responds lowers the price um and and allows me to use this extra room for you know dirt cheap um and, and that just goes that's just a testament of who he is as a person very caring looking out for people um i don't I don't think that he knows this, but there's a lot of times where I didn't have money for food and and Luke would either be going out to buying something and and always offer, or um, even back then he was cooking up amazing meals and and um, he was just just very caring, very kind. Um, and, and help me out in a lot of ways that I didn't actually get a chance to thank him for. Um, so I'm, I'm just super happy that he's on. Super glad that he's able to, to chop it up with me today. So, uh, Luke, uh, just just want to say thank you, my man. Um, hey,
1: thank you. Appreciate yeah. you having me on. I um, that story, so I appreciate you sharing that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, so let's. Uh, I I like to know. Uh, you know what you're up to. Let's just chop it up, start there. Know what you're doing currently. Yeah,
1: absolutely. So, let's see, about four months ago, my wife and I moved um, from Santa Monica, California, out to Dallas, Texas. Um, for my job, so currently I'm an executive chef with the Hillsong Restaurant Group Company. Um, There's an opportunity out here in Dallas to kind of, you know, fix up a restaurant, change some numbers, and then also my wife and I were on board for, you know, kind of starting a new life out in Dallas and slowing down a little bit, going from Santa Monica, crazy busy city, out to Dallas, and so we jumped on the opportunity, you know, and uh, four months later, here we are, you know, New Year's right around the corner, and yeah, we're loving it.
0: What's, uh, What's the biggest difference, you would say, from going from... Because, I mean, um, you, you started in, in Arizona, right? Well, I mean, that's where you grew up.
1: Yeah, I started in Arizona with this company. Um, got transferred out to, let's see, so I was in Arizona with the same company for maybe almost a year and a half, about. Um, got transferred out to Santa Monica, I was there for about eight to nine months. And then now, currently, I've been in Dallas with my wife for about four months, and then coming into the new year, will be five
0: That's awesome, man. Is is there? Has there ever been like any adversity, any any rough time? I mean, because you know, being being in a company, it's not always perfect. Um, but have you have you ever ran into you know any anything difficult while working there?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean. I've definitely ran into adversity or difficulties, both personally and professionally. I'll start with professionally. Um, you know, just the life of a chef is not what you see on TV anymore. Right. Um, you know, a lot of people, <laughs> when my wife and I, you know, were going to grocery shopping on a Monday or Tuesday afternoon, and people were seeing this strange look like, man, you not working on a Monday or Tuesday afternoon. Um, but it's kind of funny just because, it's like, everyone, I think, has this glamorous picture and idea of, like, an executive chef or what a chef does. And, you know, my wife can, can agree with us I just said. you know, I'm coming home smelling, like, you know, grill, smoke, and fire, and fish, most of the
0: days.
1: Um, so it's kind of funny. Uh, but just kind of some of the frustrations that, uh, you know, professionally are, you know, the hours that... You know, our generation is so kind of consumed with this idea of fear of missing out, yeah, or FOMO. And you know, I was too. I'm not gonna shy away from the fact and be like, oh, that's never bothered me, right? You know, um, but I think that that's something I had to get used to. You know, missing birthday parties, missing weddings, missing major milestone events, and that's something I really struggle with both professionally and personally. Um, Mm -hmm. Another professional moment of adversity or struggle that i've had is you know trying to find the right leadership team to really hone my restaurant to success um and trying to work together with personalities you know i just had my dad out here for christmas and he just said you know the easiest part of your job is actually your job the hardest part of it is working with other people um so it's really trying to find how to create a successful leadership team by coming together as one uh-huh. and finding those unique personalities to kind of hone in and you know make those personalities success successful you know yeah. where they are good at and where they want to be successful. That, um, go ahead.
0: That I mean, I'm, I'm super fascinated by by that in general. Um, one of the, the I, I just have a question if you can answer it for me when, when you're when you're putting together these teams are you are you going you know based off your gut your intuition or are you more of a uh, paperwork or um, uh, do you rely on a lot of people's opinions like like what's your process going through that Ah, uh, great
1: question so I think for me it's a little bit more I would say it's probably about 90 10 90 is. You know, that gut feeling you get, you know. Does this person really seem like they have that character and that passion and that fire to, you know, really bring our restaurants to success? Right. 10% of it's paperwork. I mean, I don't really pay much attention to a resume, if I'm being 100% honest with you. Yeah. I kind of just do it as formality. Mm-hmm. Um, the main thing I only read on a resume is, you know, have you worked in a restaurant and has it been more than six months? Right. You know, in the restaurant in the restaurant world, you know, if you've been with a restaurant longer than six months, that's a big deal. Uh-huh. If you've been with the restaurant over a year and they're trying to leave and come to your restaurant, then you might want to pay attention. Right. Uh, so I think it's more of that, that feeling, that just passion that you can sense across the table or with that leadership team, that just that desire that wants to drive the restaurant to success.
0: Right. That's huge. I mean, I, I feel like sometimes... I mean, for me, i've I've been in a few interviews myself and I, and I, I always feel like I leave the interview like um, you know, I, I could do the job, I'd be great at the job. I might nece- I might not necessarily have all of the the credentials that I need quite yet, but I feel like uh, you know as, as far as getting along with others, uh, hard work, determination, I have all those things, but it's it, it could be a little frustrating when you know you don't get the job so that's that's interesting at least for me personally um and then I also think so do you think that that model works more or do you do you think that it's 50-50 between that and the traditional model of hiring um yeah what do you what do you think
1: I think that in today's world with the increasing amount of like creative workspaces and you know, you hear about these Google interviews and LinkedIn interviews and Facebook interviews, and kind of how they like just make this entire interview process totally unique and almost, in a way, non-relatable to the job <laughs> that yeah. they're applying for. I think um, that it's going more away from the paperwork, but I still think for those bigger companies and you know, for those super creative type jobs. Mm-hmm. The paperwork is what gets you in the door. Right. Um, and then after that, it's like the paperwork goes out the window and it's like, let's see your personality and let's see that paperwork through you as the person right. what
0: well, well, are you are you equally this intuitive when it comes to letting people go? or is that not a part of like do you have to, is that something that you have to do?
1: Yeah, something I've had to do and you know, when I first got to the position on at that's something that I actually really struggled with. Um, you know, when I first got promoted to exec chef, mm-hmm. it was literally the day after my 23rd birthday, and the company just sent me out to help out at a restaurant in uh, Denver, Colorado.
0: Uh-huh.
1: And so, uh, I was working on my birthday, and I had the next day off in Denver, and I was going to go, you know, go around the town, actually with uh, uh, Greg Earhart. Okay. And, Shout out to yeah, Greg. Yeah. So, Shout out to a youth football club. And uh, so, anyway, so I got the call and they're like, hey, you know, we want to offer you this position the day after my 23rd birthday. And I was like, yeah, I'll take it, you know. And then, so when that happened, you know, I got put in this position of now, hey, you know, I'm just working in the restaurants to now I'm making all the decisions. Uh-huh. And some of those decisions had to include letting some people go. And that was always tough for me because being 23 yeah, I'm still married, and I have a wife, and I have a, you know, a life away from the restaurant, Uh but I don't, I don't have four kids to feed, I don't have three kids to feed, I don't, you know, and so that kind of really got to me the first couple times, and not to say that I've ever gotten over that hardship feeling of, you know, letting someone go and seeing their disappointment and everything like that, but yeah, it's it's tough, and I tried to when I'm letting someone go or when that conversation starts to happen amongst the leadership team. I kind of try to be as graceful and as respectful as I can because you'll see some people come in and just be like, you know, you need to let this person go. They're not doing a good job. Okay, well, I get that, but this is also someone's life you're talking about and you're about to change it. And, you know, they have a family and kids at home and it's not just so like, hey, see you later. You know, you have to take a very graceful and respectful approach to a situation like that and honestly i try to put myself in their shoes every time you know yeah. i'm married so it helps a little bit but i still don't have any kids and so it's like man if i had two kids three kids or i just had a baby at home like how would i be feeling right now yeah um, so i really try to put myself in their position and just really understand and really give them a detailed context of like not just say, hey, you know, your performance's been bad, or you did this, and we have to let you go. It's really break it down to them, so they're not left with a sense of, you know, like I understand this happened, but I still don't really get why i have let go.
0: Yeah,
1: it's almost like that closure for them. So it's like, hey, you know, we're really sorry, but A, B, and C is why, and so now you have some closure to of hopefully move on. And then of course we'll hook them up with a very nice severance package. But yeah. But <laughs> at, and then at the point of fire it
0: doesn't really help. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but then with, with you being detailed, then then they know, you know, what to work on and and if that is really what they want to do and and what they want to pursue. At least they have some nuggets to take with them to, yeah. you know, another yes. restaurant and 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 that I mean, not a lot of places offer severance packages, so um, I mean, I, I I can appreciate, and 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 I'm sure after you know the bitterness fades from those who have been let go, I'm sure they can appreciate your style, also. Um, the the next thing I'd like to kind of get into, if you don't mind, is when, when you're saying all that, um, you know, the the other part of my brain started to think about, you know, wow, this this dude is well, I, it's not it wasn't a surprise, but you know. Empathy is something that I, I've been pushing, at, at least for the last like seven, six or seven months. Um, and, and I, I, I would do it naturally, but I really wanted to take it to another level because, like you said, we, there's no way to really know what these people have going on. You know, somebody could come in with a bad day, or, or you could, or for me, you know, I could be talking to someone who. who Uh, just had a hardship in their family and they're a little nasty or or uh, angry or bitter whatever the case is and instead of quickly jumping to um dislike I I really and and I'm not perfect at it but I've really been trying to consciously make an effort to to deploy some empathy so I'd love to get your thoughts just on 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 that
1: yeah, so, empathy is one of those things where, um, gosh, you know, it should be used in every single situation or every single day. Um, you know, as you kind of hit on it, you know, everyone's going through something and, you know, there's that saying that, you know, every man has his battle, so be kind. Um, and I kind of try to take that approach with me, just like you were saying, as you do as well. Um into every single aspect of, you know, my personal life and as well as, you know, my business life. And, you know, I can say that it's much easier to do in my business life than it's my personal life because, you know, I'm still working on trying not to bring work home with me. But, you know, when you're working 13, 14, 15 hours a day, it it gets tough. Um, But in, in my business life, you know, it's one of those things where... You know, you see those Gordon Ramses of the world where I think now it's just a television persona who's trying to output, but yeah. still when, you know, when he were the younger chefs, you'd see them throwing pots and throwing plates and throwing, you know, throwing who knows what across the, you know, the kitchen and breaking stuff and yelling and at people and, you know, there's always that side of the restaurant business, which, yeah, it exists, but it's very, very minimal. Um, but those people, you know, they're just not empathetic, but, and not to say that it's an excuse, but at the same time, you realize that people come to your restaurant to be wowed, to be amazed, to, you know, eat and enjoy themselves, and when they put that trust in you, or put that trust in food, and it's not met, it's very frustrating. Right. Um, but at the same time, you know, people there's life outside of restaurants there's life outside of business there's life outside of work and for people to continually come in every single day you know it's it's tough sometimes but at the same time you know I don't know it's just one of those things where you just need to be empathetic sometimes yeah um but at the same time you also need to be wary of people that want you to be empathetic for them
0: Uh um and I feel like it's a very word line sometimes because I can be empathetic towards you, but I don't need you to want me to be empathetic towards you. Right. Um, I, I feel like then you're just asking for people to be sorry for you. Like, you know. Yeah.
1: Oh, I work. You know, like, in my example, like, oh, I work 16 hours a day. Well, you don't have to be sorry for me. That's the life I chose. And I know the rights and responsibilities that go with it. Yeah. I'm not just saying that, so You can be empathetic for me. I'm just saying that because, hey, if someone listening, you know, it's this podcast or someone talking to me is like, hey, I want to be a chef. Well, that's part of the life right there. And it's not something for you need to be sorry for me about. You know, it's a decision that my wife and I had to make. And, yeah, it's very challenging trying kind to, of, you know, uh-huh. have our personal life outside of a restaurant, but we do the best we can to make it work. So, be very cautious about making or having someone make you feel sorry for them, because then it just becomes a moment of bitterness, yeah. and it turns from a pure intention to almost like, I don't care anymore. Uh, so just be very wary of that.
0: Yeah, that, that's huge. Do you... I mean, you alluded to, you know, the, the, the choice that you and your wife had to make um, as far as you being a chef. Do you think that you, I'm trying to phrase this correctly. So do you, do you think that, you know, being? Well, obviously being a chef is what you want to do, um, what you're passionate about. Do you think that you would have as happy of a life doing something else?
1: Oh, great question. Um, I would have more of a normal life if I did something else. Um, but I don't think that sacrificing my passion to have more normal living, um, would make me happier. Um, you know, I have this passion for food and passion for serving others and passion for, you know, creating... Creating food and putting, you know, my version of art on a plate and serving it to guests, and you know, making them feel a sense of awe and wow and gosh, how do you do that kind of stuff? Yeah. Um, and I think the best way and the best way for me to serve that passion and to you know have this desire and this flame that always continues to burn is through food.
0: That's that's dope. I I think a lot of people sometimes uh, put what they love to do or what they're passionate about to the back burner because of, you know, various reasons, whether it is, you know, whether it is work-life balance or, you know, whether it is uh, the road to get there is tough or, you know, whether it is their mom or dad doesn't think that, you know, whatever, they want to do is uh, the right thing to do, or you know, there's a million reasons as to why people shelf what they're passionate about. So it's it's refreshing um, to get a perspective like yours of you know a tough decision that had to be made. Um, but you know you're happy with you know where where it's taking you. Um, yeah. The the last thing I kind of want to focus, uh, and it, it'll kind of put you on the spot a little bit. Do you have, like, what what are your pillars? Like, what do you live by? Um, Because for me, um, like I stated earlier, empathy is is one of the things I've really tried to incorporate um, into who I am on a daily basis. Um, Patience is another one for me. Um, You know, hard work and and then um, self-awareness. Those things, and and especially self-awareness, because I feel like, in any given situation, I need to be able to audit what I'm thinking, what I'm feeling, why I'm feeling it, so that I can make decisions on a regular basis. So, you know, th- those are some of mine. I, I love for this last, you know, few minutes, uh, for you to be able to kind of, uh, you know, give give your thoughts or you know, explain, you know, your pillars, so that people get another uh, another perspective or another ideas. Um, as far as you know, what successful people use in, in you know their everyday life?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, got a great question. Gosh.
0: Um, I'm on fire today, Luke. I, I told you I was excited.
1: Yeah, shoot. <laughs> um, so I think for me, um, when I'm, you know, when I'm trying to think of some pillars that I try to you know build my life upon or that foundation stuff like that, um, I would have to say, you know, Jesus and just Christianity and the love that God, you know, gives to us and that forgiveness, um, you know, after Azusa, you know, being involved in such a program that um, was so heavily, you know, this is why we do what we do, you know, this is, this is why we love Jesus, you know, and all those Phenomenal examples, and then just all of a sudden leaving that. Mm -hmm. Um, It was tough for me to try to find um, that same desire to want to search after Christ. Right. Um, Because I feel like you know, APU football and Azusa Pacific in general just created a wonderful environment to be able to be engulfed and to be. I don't know, challenged by Christ and having a sincere relationship. Yeah. Um, You know, and then after I left, you know, it was was challenging for me to try to, you know, have that same passion, that same desire. And, you know, I love reading and I love reading books and newspapers and Mm -hmm. I love reading anything. But for some reason I couldn't pick up my Bible Like I, I thought it was born,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, And it has Proven to me that When I left Kind of APU I just didn't realize Almost how blessed I was And how fortunate I was To be in an environment of men That challenge others to walk godly life. Yeah Um and so now you know I'm trying to do the best I can to do devotionals. through my Bible you know I have reminders on my phone that pop up at you know 7am so I can read my Bible do my little devotional right. but there was a point in my life where I noticed a very obvious downturn from when I stopped doing all of that mm. um, and so just that overall if you want to call it the Jesus pillar the Christ pillar or that just Christ's foundation in your life, um, you know, and I'm still trying to figure this out and realize this every single day. Is that it is so much more important than I ever thought. Right. Um, and without the love and power of Jesus Christ, it's like at the end of the day, honestly, when you think about it, nothing really matters. You know, when when I'm dead and gone, it's like it doesn't matter what you know how many restaurants I ran or how good of a creative chef I was or anything like that it's just it just doesn't and it's still challenging and I'm not saying this at all to boast myself because I still have obviously I still have daily struggles of you know um, reading my bible and I still have daily struggles of trying to live a life that honors and serves Christ and you know but I do the best I can as a simple man and you know I'm Covered and forgiven by grace and the blood of christ but at the same time you know i just and it's funny because i just didn't realize how easy it was at apu and then how hard it would be after i left you know i just thought it would just be one of those things that just continues in my life and you know when i finally realized that shoot, i have to make a daily effort to actually do this and i'm not You know, I don't have a Bible study to go to anymore on Thursday morning at 7 a.m. Like, I I have to do this now. And so it's something that I'm still, you know, daily working on trying to live a life that honors Christ and, you know, all the sub-areas of that, you know, living a good um, life as a husband and trying to love my wife the best I can Mm -hmm. and, you know, being a light at work and trying to do the best I can at work and honoring God through all my talents. Um, but I would definitely say one of my pillars or foundations is definitely just Jesus and Jesus as simple as that sounds and as complex as that sounds Jesus yeah mm. um, another pillar of mine is definitely passion uh-huh. um I think that passion is really what drives and ignites um my desires for my dreams in the future uh-huh. um and don't get me wrong I that That saying that, oh, you know, if you do what you love, you'll never work a day in your life. I hate that saying so much. (laughs) I absolutely hate it. Um, Because there's still days in my life where I do what I love. And I couldn't see myself doing anything else. But sometimes, some days my job is just tough. And it feels like work. And there's nothing that I want to do more than just go home. You know? watch tv and just start over again because it's just like yeah i do i love but that was just a hard tough day and i just worked my butt off for a very long time and it definitely felt like work yeah um but at the same time i feel like that passion for whatever your industry is or just passion for life in general um will really help and motivate um, your future dreams and your future ambitions. You know, I have a lot of lofty dreams and, you know, I bounce them off my wife and, you know, when we were first first skating and when we were first skating um she was like, oh wow, that, you know, all of that sounds so amazing, like I can't wait. And then, you know, when I got a job when we first got married, you know, and started washing dishes and, you know, started working as a line hook and was going to school and working and she's like, wow, I I just didn't realize that this was the journey to get there. Right. And, you know, we're, we're still climbing that journey to get to the end goal. Um, but having that passion to see that end goal and having that passion to visualize what your end goal is so that the days, you know, don't seem as bad as what they really are. Um, another pillar of mine, I guess, would have to be relationships. Um, this is something that has been at the core of my beliefs, um, for a while now. And I think this is why I admire and love APU football and APU in general so much. Mm -hmm. It's just because of the relationships that were cultivated while I was there. Yeah. Um, It was just such a, such a blessing to, you know, go to APU and play football there. And, you know, I've always said this, even if I didn't play football there, I still would have loved my time just as much because of the relationships and the community and you know that brotherhood that was built it, it was just such a phenomenal um, thing for me and at the same time you know I lost relationships at APU that I thought I had for life and then I gained relationships that I now have for life at APU right and you know relationships whether that's with Jesus whether that's with you know, your future spouse, friend, spouse, mm-hmm. um, boyfriend, girlfriend, or whether that's, you know, just with your co-workers. It's so vital to you as a man, you as a woman, um, to have healthy and strong relationships because, and I know this, you should never try to have a relationship to take from it, but at the end of the day, when those relationships are healthy and fruitful you know and when others are not being selfish in those relationships those those relationships will so fruit and will reward um, just great stuff and so you should never go into their relationship with the intent of you know this is what I want out of it Mm -hmm. but if you go into it with like hey you know I'm just trying to be someone's friend you will get something out of it at the end you know whether it's I don't know best friend 50 years from now or whatever it might be but I think relationships is definitely one of my pillars Um, and then I would have to say probably my last one is leadership Uh I think that in my life I've always tried and I've always had the desire to want to be a leader and when I was younger and you know, when I was trying to really hone in on you know, I think a leader is leading a group of people and you know, leadership is leading leading a group of people to success and you know, we have to be at the bottom and then rise all the way to the top and that's what leadership is and you know, I was so wrong about that because a leader can be anyone in any situation who rises to the occasion to just control whether it's of their own life of a group of people of you know their marriage of whatever mm-hmm. and having that ability to see past kind of you know that traditional leadership mentality of you know I'm leading a group of 10 or plus people and you know we're going all the way to the top
0: Right.
1: yeah that's part of it but at the same time there's also those little day to day leadership battles that you know, really dictate who you are as a man, as a leader, as a woman, um, whatever the case may be, that those day to day battles really um, guide you and direct you into a positive life to be that leader that God has called you and created you to be. Um, now, those little battles, obviously, people refer to them as virtue or character. Um, but still, it's those little instances of, and as basic as it sounds, it's so true. Like, Super what do you true. do when no one's looking? Um, it's so true that it's just like, are you the same person when the lights are off, when no one's looking, as you are when the spotlight's on you? Yeah. Um, and that's what kind of makes that foundation for great theaters. You know, like, in public, you don't want to take the blame for something that you didn't do that your team did and then in private when you're talking to your team you tell them you know you guys are really screwed up it's like you're a false martyr for your team in public but then in private you're just a liar Yeah. Um, and you don't want to confuse the two of you know being this phenomenal public leader but then in your private life and when the lights are off it's like what you were just doing that for a show and and now it just looks like you're you know trying to gain glory or Mm. and reverse that trying to be a false martyr for something that just isn't true um but i really try to have leadership be one of my pillars because you know you can look at all the great men throughout history that's just they have to do some crazy cool amazing stuff but gosh they have some really big failures yeah, and so it's almost kind of refreshing to see like the Teddy Roosevelt's of the world or the Winston Churchill's of the world or you know any one of our presidents it's just like yeah they were phenomenal leaders and I think that God called them and pointed them to be the that leader in that time but man they had some big failures too and it's like those failures didn't define their leadership ability mm-hmm. um, but it Almost helped and projected them To be better men, better leaders And, you know, just overall Better people in their day-to-day lives so I think those are definitely Some of my pillars for life
0: That's huge, man Like, there's so many good things In, in what you said um, You know, about passion And, and I mean, for me Especially about, you know Like you are saying about relationships One of the things that I believe is um, I I try to I mean I, I trade on relationship and, and and not to say that I take advantage of the personal relationships that I have but when when you're trying to whether it's do something in business um, make a deal you're selling anything um, you have to be relational have to it's, it's it's what's gonna what's gonna make it happen for you the other person. Um, and and just valuing relationships in my personal life, like you said, APU did a really good job at cultivating an environment that allowed for us to, as as men to, to be relational, and and it's not always yeah. the case, you know, at, at other places you go, for you know a group of um, alpha males or, or macho men um, to be super relational, and and yeah, I think yeah. you know what they have there is, is very special. Um, and, and I'm just super glad that you are able to, to share that and, and give that light um, because I, I think people, more people need to know about APU. It's my honest opinion. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, think, I think, you know, I was talking to my mom the other day. Like, I, I don't know or I don't think, I, I well, for sure I know, but, um, like, I, I don't know where I would be without that place, without those experiences, yeah. without those environments, without meeting those people. Um, I think if I would have went to school somewhere else, the, the probability of me being a totally different person is very high. Um, and, and, I, and I'm, I'm really appreciative um, for them and, and then you know moving on to the end of, of this episode very appreciative of you my man. Um, I, I do want to say my, when when I, when I hear you talk, um, I'm, I'm already thinking like I gotta have him on for a second uh, second episode. Um, because I, I would love like, and this is me, th- just me thinking, you know, if, if, if the following of the podcast gets big enough, like I'd love to do a Q and A with you, like as far as just cooking. Cause I, I know there are a lot of people out there that would, would love to hear from someone like you give the perspective on, you know, culinary art and the art form, you know, that is cooking. Um, so uh, I'm going to, I'm going to work really my tail it, off. Yeah. Yeah, super happy. Um, yeah, man, I, I appreciate you being on the show. Hope you have a happy new year, um, and, and um, you know I'll be checking in with you for sure. Absolutely, usual. I'm honored
1: that you invited me to be on the podcast. So
0: thank you very much. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right, my man. I'll see you. All
1: right, take care. Bye.
0: So, um, everybody, that was Luke Sywick again. Um, executive chef, just a really good guy. Um, I'd love to give her a quick recap. Um, it's it's important to, to have good people in your life, and when you have those good people, to, to be able to recognize and and um, and and you know see because you're able to see when you're able to see you know those good people, those good types of people in your life. Um, you just the, the value is is astronomical. Um, it's huge. You, you know, there's there's not a lot of uh, there's not a lot of people that you know just in general that have the kind of resolve um, and and kindness, pure intent. Um, so when you when you have a nugget like that, and you, and you have a person that that has that, um, just cling on to them um, because they're important and, and they, they have a lot he I mean clearly he had a, he had a lot to offer um, so again super grateful um, for the relationships that I have super grateful f- for the people that are in my life and the people that I'm meeting um, and, and I really hope that um, you know you guys listened and, and found some value in that um, because I, I think that some of the things that he touched on are huge big time. Um, yeah, so thank you guys for listening, um, I appreciate you, um, you know, whether it's one person, or, or two people, or a thousand people, whatever, whatever the case is, um, I appreciate everybody, I appreciate you all, um, always try to spread a little positivity um, at the end of these things, and, and just what the people that I bring on, as you can tell, he was super positive um, about life, and, and not taking anything for granted, and not feeling sorry for himself with with the long hours, what have you. I can go on and on and on. Um, But, yeah, try to spread some positivity in this this sometimes cynical world. Um, So, yeah, love you guys. Appreciate you guys. Peace.